celebrating the sounds of Memphis for 21 years, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation. AutoZone, parts are just part of what we do. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have multiple performances from the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic. Bill Street Caravan contributor William Lee Ellis will also be joining us to discuss the deep connections between religion and the blues. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hello, Kevin. We're back. Beale Street Caravan covers a lot of ground, literally, or at least we try to, right? Whereas most music-related programs on public radio have their own performance halls that they invite artists to come perform in, as our listeners know, we are just the opposite. We go to where the music is at. That's why we're the caravan. We're mobile and we're on the move. And that concept happens to work really well in this part of the country. Because in Memphis and the Mississippi Delta, music is everywhere. We go to the concert halls, the juke joints, the dive bars, the churches, the schools, and in the case of this program, the fields deep in the backwoods of Mississippi. We're bringing you moments from the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic on this episode. It's held the last week in June every year. It's been going on for over a decade now, actually. And it's worth noting that the roots of the picnic go back to traditions that emerged a century or more ago in African-American communities in the area. It's the best little festival in the world. We don't mind telling you it's one of our favorites. It's real, raw, and as genuine as it can be. Just as we do every season, we'll be bringing you features all season long on artists that we captured at the picnic, but this week, we're gonna present a broad overview of the magic and the energy. But without the heat, humidity, and mosquitoes. That's right. And later in the program, we'll talk with Sarah Brown, who along with her husband, legendary bluesman Kenny Brown, keeps the event going year after year. And I think we'll have Kenny kick the program off. Here's the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic, live on Bill Street Caravan.
from a head down to a toe Breaks it on down man Where she goes Stop breaking down Stop breaking down And now this still gotta blow your brains out baby. Streets, you know, I try to constantly my mind. Some little woman start breaking down all the time, start breaking down. Oh, start breaking down. And now this still gotta blow your brains out, cause you Gotta blow your brains out, baby Cause you lose your mind Thank you, thank you, thank you You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan Here's more from the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic Live on Bill Street Caravan
just came with us. Listening to the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic live on Bill Street Caravan. We just heard from Blue Mother Tupelo, and earlier we had Kenny Brown with us. We'll be right back with more music, but first we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor William Lee Ellis as he explores the deep connections between religion and the blues. Long before W.C. Handy was anointed father of the blues, and likewise Thomas Dorsey, the father of gospel, the two sides of the African-American musical experience, the secular and the sacred, were busy checking each other out. American black music, in fact, has parked at a crossroads between these philosophical points of view ever since the first Africans were forcibly taken from their homeland centuries ago. 
In America, they quickly renegotiated former beliefs, adapting to their new circumstances with a cultural vitality and even duality of intent that still defines much black music to this day. In the New World, displaced Africans shed, outwardly at least, their motherland beliefs and religions, embracing instead the faith of their captors, Christianity. For slaves and descendants of a slave population, it became both a survival strategy as well as earnest acceptance of a good book that promised freedom for the captive and justice for the righteous. The first African-American church, in fact, was established in protest to segregationist practices as early as the 1790s in Philadelphia, the Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church. Nonetheless, many attitudes about secular music were the result of the black church taking on the moral cloak of the Great Awakening and white evangelicals. In Africa, religious beliefs would have allowed and even welcomed the coexistence of spiritual and moral ambiguities. For example, a West African god, such as Legba, was more than mere trickster, but a deity that stood as gatekeeper between the physical and spiritual worlds, the symbolic unifier of opposites. In the New World, however, many African-American churches accepted not only Western tenets of Christian worship and practice, but moral attitudes as well, such as the forbidding of dancing and performance of music, especially the secular kind. From the fiddle to the guitar, certain instruments, as a result, became associated with the devil, as in this song, a harmonica version of the fiddle standard Devil in the Woodpile by the great Noah Lewis from 1929. Black Americans also borrowed a good deal from the musical side of white religious practice, notably through the exchange that took place at camp meetings, as well as the British tradition of lining out hymns. Yet slaves found ways to hold on to older customs. Among these was the ring shout, an ecstatic form of worship with retentions of West African dance and rhythm patterns. By the time of Reconstruction, spirituals, itself an amalgam of African and Anglo sources, became the first example of a popular black music as practiced by black performers. This as opposed to the degrading minstrel stereotypes of white performers in blackface, who earlier in the century had largely introduced black music to the white mainstream. The Fisk University Jubilee Singers were arguably the most famous group to popularize the spiritual, traveling the world with their harmonized arrangements of an enslaved past. Here is a later edition of the group, the Fisk University Jubilee Quartet from 1911, singing Paul Moner Got a Home at Last.
When blues began to form in the decades between 1890 and 1910, the same time that ragtime, jazz, and gospel as genres were all taking shape, it took not only from the secular side, the field hollers, badman ballads, and string band music of the 19th century, but from the sacred as well, most notably in the rhythmic lilt, patter, and delivery of African-American preaching, but more about that next week. Certain traits we think of as being either sacred or secular in black musical traditions, call and response in the former, blues notes in the latter, are in fact two of many shared qualities as handed down from African ancestry. And we should further note that the continent of Africa itself has undergone centuries of acculturation, but that's another story. Let's end this episode, then, with a comparative listen to some of these traits, pan-African to pan-African-American, from the overlapping call-and-response roles of a lead singer and chorus, to the bluesy and non-Western tones of the melodies and scales, to the use of riff-like repetition as a building block. First by a Nigerian group performing a dance song, then by Elder Charles Beck and his congregation rocking to Gabriel, and finally in the form of contemporary rapper Kanye West performing his secular gospel hit, Jesus Walks. We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. You can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's a lot more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.
AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, this week on Bill Street Caravan, we have a special feature on the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic. Not any one artist in particular, although we will be featuring artists from the picnic throughout the season, like we always do. But this week, it's all about this special homegrown grassroots festival that takes place every summer down in Potts Camp, Mississippi. We had a chance to talk to Sarah Brown, the founder and organizer of the festival. Let's listen to what she had to say. I came to Ole Miss in 1995 to pursue my PhD and um, been here ever since. Do you remember the first time you heard the music? How did you learn about this indigenous music to the North Mississippi area? Well, I guess I was lucky or unlucky enough to... When I moved to Oxford, I didn't know anybody, and I moved in next to Jeff Bransford, who owned Proud Larry's. So then we had an ice storm, and no one could move in Oxford for like three weeks, but they got power on in the bar, and he had um, snow chains for his tires, so we'd ride to town with Jeff during the day and hang out at Proud Larry's and around the square, and I got to begin to get to know people, and. At that time, R.L. Burnside played every Wednesday night in Proud Larry's. So got introduced to the music initially there and, um, and met some other people. Guys from the Kudzu Kings were good friends of mine. And um, guys from Beanland, I, I live on Beanland. So there was that whole genre of people and just kind of got immersed in the music and the culture around Oxford. You were tapped to lead the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic, and you've done so now for 10 years. How did that come about? Well, I'd known Kenny Brown through RL's music for a long time, and I guess in probably like 2003 or so, he and I kind of started hanging out together and more and more, and he kept talking about this idea to have a festival at home that featured Hill Country music because a lot of the times the only time the, the Hill Country artists got to play together was when they were at a festival somewhere, it didn't happen at home. And so he kept talking about it and one day he brought it up and I pulled out my legal pad and said, okay, if we're gonna do this, here's what we gotta do. And we kind of threw it together that year, originally planned to have it on Memorial Day weekend, but people were out of town. And so that year, 4th of July was on a Sunday. So we, everybody was gonna be home on the 3rd. And so we threw it together and did a one day event on the 3rd and the, the attendance and the, um, the reception of the, the idea was so strong that the next year we formed the nonprofit and, um, and started the two-day festival and we've been going ever since. Hill Country Music, this, this legacy endures. Why is it important to you that this event keeps going? Well, first of all, I realized a long time ago, you're not gonna make money having a blues festival. And we formed the nonprofit so that we could, any money that we could, we could put back into to the, um, to the local artists. But one thing that we're dedicated to is we only feature artists that have some connection to Hill Country music. And people ask me all the time, well, why don't you hire whoever the latest, greatest, hottest blues act is? And I'm like, if they're not tied to the Hill Country music, then 
I don't want to become just another blues festival. So we have a we have a dedication to preserving what I call the native art form because it is an art form that's unique to uh, North Mississippi Hill Country. It's different from Chicago blues. It's different from the Delta blues. It's a whole different culture and a different sound. So we're we're dedicated to preserving and um, and continuing that art form, but we're also dedicated to keeping the festival with a with a family feel environment. I mean, originally, Kenny was raised close to where they were having um, what they call picnics, which is why we call ours a picnic. And it was something where the fife and drum band would, they would ride around on the back of the truck and play the fife and drums. I and mean, that way people knew they were having a picnic and everybody would gather for the weekend. So we we're dedicated to bringing the artists together, not just to do their set. And our artists come and they, they spend the whole weekend. They bring their families, we feed and drink everybody. And, and it's a, a lot of people say it's more like a family reunion than a festival. And, and that's the feel that we want to keep. I have no desire to be Bonnaroo or, or some big big festival. I want to keep it um, focused on the Hill Country music and I think by our event has allowed a lot of the artists to pursue um, other gigs and festivals all over the, the world and and through that movement maybe continues to keep the music alive. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the program, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Here's more from the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic, live on Beale Street Caravan. Enjoying yourself out there. Glad to be here at the Hill Country Picnic. You know, with the Gary Burnside band. I want to take this time and introduce Miss Andrea standing on real guitar, y'all. 
Miss Andrea Stein, y'all. We got Mr. Nate Robinson, baby. Robbins, y'all, baby. Mr. Wallace, y'all, on drum. Mr. Wallace, let's Mr. Wallace, y'all. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Here's more from the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic, live on Beale Street Caravan.
a Chevrolet. Yes, I'll buy you a Chevrolet. Well, I'll buy you a Chevrolet if you'll do something for me. I don't want your Chevrolet. I don't want your Chevrolet. Track and train, buy you a track and train, and you'll do something for me. I don't want your track and train.
but don't blame me. Cause I ain't a bone and a picket, and maybe a blade that I'm flicking. Oh, say, can you see the hammer clicking? But a shot didn't come on my gun. So leave me alone. I had me enough of your jiving, your dirty conniving. Turn us that way, man, I'm driving. Got my foot on the floor.
That was Alvin Hart. Before Alvin, we heard from the Rising Star Fife and Drum Band and Gary Burnside, all from the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic. For more info on this rich musical tradition, go to nmshillcountrypicnic.com. The picnic takes place every year in the last weekend of June. One thing we didn't mention on the program that we should have, the international presence at this event is unbelievable. There are music lovers from all over the globe. There are film crews from Norway. There are BBC television crews all in this field attached to a rural highway by a gravel road in Mississippi. When you're there, it feels like one of the best kept secrets in the blues world. And then you start talking to people around you and you realize, oh, the cat's out of the bag. Or maybe it's a, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. <laughs> and if our listeners want to learn more about the roots of the picnic tradition, just go back to the source. Artists like Junior Kimbrough, Arl Burnside, Otha Turner, and Jesse May Hemphill are a great starting point. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners that you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag IListenToMemphis or keep up with us on our podcast at iTunes. Visit our website at BillStreetCaravan.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find out where the caravan's going to be next. And if you can't meet us there, we'll be back right here next week, so we'll see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. (laughs) 